Welcome to Tea with the Changemakers. This week I'm joined by Alistair Stewart, who is the Director of National Services at Age UK. Now Age UK for me is a national recognised charity that's supporting older people and I'm delighted to have him on the show this week to talk about everything that Age UK does. But before we begin, it would be really good for Alistair to give us a little bit of an overview of what Age UK does. So over to you Alistair. Yes, thank you. So Age UK is a national charity. Um, We work across the UK, including with our network of partner charities, Age Scotland, Age Cymru and Age Northern Ireland and local Age UKs across England to help everyone make the most of later life, whatever their circumstances. So we help more than 7 million older people each year by providing advice and support. We also research and campaign on issues that matter most to older people, focusing on ensuring that older people have enough money, they can enjoy life and feel well, that they receive high quality health and care and are comfortable, secure, safe at home and feel valued and able to participate in society. We also have a subsidiary charity, Age International, which supports older people globally in over 30 developing countries, um, funding a range of local programmes such as vital emergency relief and healthcare and campaigning to raise awareness and change qualities in countries to support older people around the world. Wow, so global charity as well as one that uh, services many older people here in the UK. How long has Age UK been going for? So Age UK is formed from the merger of two charities that a lot of people um, still remember the names of and often uh, sort of call us those names Mm -hmm. instead of Age UK. So it was um, created in 2010. Um, when Age Concern and Help the Aged merged together. Mm. And both of those charities had a very long history, um, dating back to um, some some of the sort of support and charities that were set up in response to the world wars to support older people um, at home and, and then abroad. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the uh, charity doing a lot of research and campaigning to ensure that older people live a, a great later life. What are some of the campaigns that you are working on now? What What are some of the issues that are really affecting those in later life? So there's lots of issues at the moment affecting older people, but two of our big campaigns at the moment is around social care. So mm-hmm. we know that 1.6 million older people struggle each day without the right help and support. So we're campaigning to fix care for good, to make sure the government follows through on its promise to deliver more funding to social care, um, to make sure that you know people can get the right help and support they need in their homes when they need it. It's, it's really a vital part of being able to have a high quality of life. And the second, unsurprisingly at the moment, is around the cost of living, mm. um, really asking the government to provide more financial support, especially for older people and some of the extra costs they have, and also often very fixed incomes. Um, many older people aren't in a position to take on a job or increase their hours. So they really do depend on the support through pensions with the triple lock, which is in the news at the moment and what might happen there, um, and making sure that at a time of high inflation, that the the pensions and income for older people, um, the government continue to to increase that to make sure that they can afford um, heating, particularly at the moment. Um, You know, older people are often stuck at home all day. They don't always have um, very well insulated homes. Um, And so making sure they can afford to keep the heating on, which is critical to to their health and well-being, um, is really at the heart of that campaign as well. Mm. And what are you asking the government for specifically? Um, Is it just financial support or much wider support that's needed for this community? 
So it's it's both. Um, it's you know fixing the, the NHS so that the waiting list can be dealt with because that will um, ensure that older people get the, the health care that they need, which improves their quality of life. Um, it, it is also around the financial support, um, both in terms of making sure that the triple lock is maintained so that pensions go up by inflation, given it's so high at the moment. Mm. Um, but also continuing with um, support for energy bills and particularly the extra support offered um, to people um, on lower incomes to make sure that everyone, um, regardless of circumstances, can afford to, to heat their homes and, and keep themselves warm. Because if someone isn't staying warm, um, that is likely to lead to illness, which will lead to greater pressures in the health service. And you just really get into um, a very difficult spiral. Mm, and actually, spiral. We, mm. absolutely. Um, and we can really, um, you know, save everyone time and money if, if the right support is put in at, at the front rather than um, having to deal with the consequences of that in, in other government departments and in other expenditure. So just to bring that to life, I'm really interested in hearing some of the stories that Age UK are hearing from people out there today dealing with this day in and day out. I mean, I heard a story very recently uh, from Age UK where a delivery driver did call upon a lady delivering a package and uh, stumbled on her at the door. Um, she had her hat and her coat on and he thought that she was going out and actually she just replied to him that, no, I'm not. I'm not going out. I, I'm just cold. Um, you know, that's a that's an older lady sitting at home in her hat and her coat to keep warm. Um, and it sounds like he did the right thing because he was so worried that he called your Age UK advice line, which is turning out to be a vital lifeline for many people. I mean, this is a heartbreaking story, isn't it? So um, our advice line speaks to 230,000 older people, friends, families, relatives, neighbours that, that might be supporting them as well every year. And so every single day we are hearing hundreds of stories. Um, we hear about GP practices where people are trying to get an appointment and they're struggling to get through on the telephone. They're being encouraged to, to go online to book appointments, but, but many older people aren't online and that creates difficulties for getting their healthcare needs met. Um, we hear about older people who are trying to access the support they're entitled to, um, the winter fuel payments that energy companies offer. Um, and sadly, when they contact their energy company, they often don't get the right answer. They end up being uh, passed through to us or calling us to find out, you know, how do I actually access this support that I'm entitled to? Um, and then just questions about what the, the government support package might mean for them, the worries about whether they can afford to heat their homes, to keep the, the lights on, mm. um, you know, and just some of the, the really quite desperate positions that that some older people sadly find themselves in, um, particularly at the moment. Mm, I think a lot of us are really worried about how we're going to heat our homes, how we're going to keep the lights on, how we're going to keep the food in the fridge. But it does become more acute when you are vulnerable and you are older. And there are over two million older people living in fuel poverty at the moment. And older people over the years have always lived you know, pretty close to the breadline as it is. So this cost of living crisis with inflation as high as it is, you know, it really is desperate times, isn't it? And, you you know, we've mentioned and we've talked about the help that the government are uh, saying that they're giving to older people. But, you know, if you are not very good with technology uh, and you don't have a smartphone, you don't have a computer that you can go to to access some of this support, or you may even be alone because you're older and you don't have family and friends who are also technologically 
minded, then you are sort of excluded uh, from this as well. And I just, you know, it just feels really like quite sad at the moment. And I, I do worry about the health and well-being of older people. Absolutely. I mean, I think we we are increasingly concerned about how, you know, the rising cost of living is affecting older people. Um, you know, daily life is becoming unaffordable for many households. They're they're struggling through these challenges, often alone with, with no one to turn to. And that's often where our services can come in and help. And we know um, that from October 2022 this year, around 2.8 million older people, that's that's three in 10 older people households in England will be living in fuel poverty. Um, and we know as well that two thirds of people aged over 60 in Britain are worried about how they're gonna be able to heat their home when they want to. And disabled people, along with those with long-term health conditions, um, were also more likely to be concerned. Unsurprisingly, they often have, you know, machines or, or other things that they need to keep turned on that, that literally um, look after them and keep them alive. So mm. it's it's really very worrying at mm. the moment um, in, in that regard. Mm. It is very worrying. And I, we started this cost of living crisis many months back with many people talking about choosing between eating and heating but actually it seems to me that we've got to a point where they're choosing not to eat and heat so both of them now you know cutting down what they eat and then obviously cutting out or cutting down on how they heat their homes as well do you see that it's got worse rather than better over the last few months i think it's definitely getting worse but equally it's sadly been the case that you know, some older people have always had to be taking those decisions. Um, we know every year that um, a significant amount of benefits aren't claimed, even though people are entitled to them. And that's one of the things we've always focused on is if someone does call us, um, you know, they, they might start the conversation with the fact they don't have very much food in the fridge or maybe nothing at all. Um, and so for us, the most important thing is, well, how do we get that person food straight away? But what's the underlying issue? Is it the fact that, you know, they've been struggling along and just their state pension when in fact they, they could be entitled to either other means tested income support or because of, um, you know, their health, the, the position of their partner, they may be entitled to more benefits. So delivering that benefits check, um, on average, we identify anywhere between three and four thousand pounds per year of, of extra money that can go into an older person's pocket, um, which they can hopefully then use um, not to have to make you know, those difficult decisions between heating or eating um, and hopefully just give them that reassurance that they can, you know, they can buy the food, they can keep the food in the fridge, um, they can keep the heating on, keep the lights on and afford to cook the food, um, you know, for their their, their lunch and, and dinner and, and different meals. Um, and, and that's always been a very big part, but, but definitely um, we are seeing, um, I think this year, it's been a 40% increase in the number of calls we've had about benefits for older people. So it, it really has become an issue affecting a lot more people that are calling us. And it's an area that we're increasingly trying to provide um, more support and help and assistance in. Mm -hmm. And as you said, you've got an advice line and we'll, we'll give that number at the end of the of the show for anybody that's wanting to call and, and find out more about um, what's available to older people. Um, just touching on this winter, you've mentioned obviously cost of living crisis is big. We've talked about social care, which is a long-standing issue that really does need, you know, some some real strategic thinking. We need to fix care for good, as you say. Um, the other issue that 
a lot of people talking about for this winter is actually the increase in flu. And of course, coronavirus hasn't disappeared. Is this something also that you're concerned about? We are, definitely. Um, I think with with everything else in the, the press and media around the cost of living and, and all the issues there, it probably hasn't been getting as much attention as it should this year. But um, older people and those who are vulnerable should have been contacted to get a booster job um, for COVID-19. Um, and we would always encourage people to take those offers up and also to take up the offer of the flu jab as well, because um, it really can save people from from getting really quite unwell. Um, and we, you know, with I think what we've seen this year is that typically you get the peaks in winter um the health system manages to recover a bit during the summer and then we see you know the peak rebuilding as we get closer to winter again but the the sad reality at the moment is that you know we haven't had that sort of downturn over summer it has just stayed busy throughout the whole year um that's true for our services it's true for you know the, the local primary health care is, is true for hospitals so um everything is running very busy at the moment um and certainly if people can can get their flu jab get their covid jab um and hopefully stay out um and avoid having to go into hospital um that will certainly be be better for everyone so that those who really need the help um, can hopefully then get the, the, the medical treatment that they need um, quickly and without delay. Mm. And in the absence of any further support from our government, who seem to be sleepwalking their way through this cost of living crisis and showing absolutely no leadership, backpedalling on promises to fix the social care system, what is it that you think we can do as wider society to help our communities, in particular our older people at this time? I think the most important thing is... Um, many of us have relatives who are older people, or we may have neighbours that we know um, are older, they might be on their own. Um, so we would always just recommend, suggest, you know, knock on the door, pick up the phone. Um, many older people can go an entire week without speaking to anyone. I think the, the most recent figure suggests 225,000 older people can, can go a whole week without speaking to anyone. So actually picking up the phone and just having a conversation um, that friendly chat, you know, check in, see how they're doing, um, can really improve the, the situation for, for an older person. But it's also a great way to identify, are there issues, um, are there concerns, are there problems, are they worrying about someone and they don't know who to contact? And, and if so, our advice line is a great place for, for you know, either the, the family member or the neighbour to call or, or the older person themselves. Um, so, you know, that simple action of, of really just checking in on older people that, that we know, particularly any who are alone, um, can make a huge difference to their life, but can also hopefully um, identify if they do need extra support and just encouraging them to, to reach out and get it because support is still available. I think we, we often hear, um, you know, of the negative stories about where things have gone wrong, but equally, um, there is still services out there that can help. There are still benefits that often go unclaimed, as I mentioned before. Um, and there are other services that can help um, depending on what the issues are. So reaching out is, is really the, the most important step that we could encourage an older person to do at the moment. Mm. The key is you're not alone. That's the first thing to say. And that, you know, there is help and support available. So do reach out and find out what you're entitled to. Absolutely. 
You've painted a stark and shocking picture of what it's like to live in Britain today if you're an older or vulnerable person with limited means. I mean, it's 2022 and we have warm banks and food banks, two services that didn't exist over 10 years ago. And a statistic I heard recently is that we actually now have more food banks in the UK than we do branches of McDonald's. I mean, I just I can't get over that statistic. And around 12,000 people die each year from health conditions arising or worsening as a result of a cold home. And we have to set up places like warm banks, uh, you know, which are safe places with the heating on that people can go to to keep warm because they can't afford to heat their homes. It's depressing. It's 2022 and we have warm banks and food banks. And the reason is largely because of a failure to prioritise policy to protect our most vulnerable in society and a lack of investment and care in people and the long term. I think it, it goes back to a lot of what we, we campaign for around making sure that, you know, older people do have a pension that they can actually, you know, afford to live on and that is paid at an appropriate level that people, um, you know, the right additional benefits are there for those for people who don't have a private pension or a final salary pension or some other income um, and making sure people claim it. Um, often the, the government sadly makes it far too difficult um, to, to claim for the additional support, which puts people off. Mm. Um, and that's where um, either as nationally or, or locally, GKs and Citizens Advice Bureau and other organisations locally can really play a big role in, in helping people to claim that. Um, but I think after many years of austerity, um, we, we've reached a point where, you know, there, there's less and less funding out there for charities at the moment. There have been some recent reports showing um, just how much that's declined um, over the last decade and 15 years. Um, so, you know, the, the support that the charities can provide is more and more limited. Um, often um, inflation has been running ahead of um, you know how benefits are being uplifted with various freezes to different entitlements so I think what we're really seeing is the culmination of of many years of decisions mm. um, and now you know we we have a war in Ukraine which yes is, is adding to, to energy price pressures um, we've we've got um, the government clearly in a position where their financial position is quite challenged and therefore the support they might want to provide or are able to provide it is going to change and, and that really creates worries for us um, when there is so much need out there about whether the, the correct support and financial support is, is going to be in place to support some of the most vulnerable people in society. The need is getting greater and over the next 10, 20, 30 years, our population is going to grow and a large number will be over 50. And with an ageing population, we've got to tackle some of these issues now. We've got to put in place policies that are going to ensure that we all age well, because it's important for everyone, no matter your age. And I just see this tsunami of need on the horizon. Yes, absolutely. Um, You're absolutely right that the the sort of the older population is growing it's going to continue to grow over the next several years and so the support that, that you know that that population needs um, is, is going to grow um, which is why when the social care system was already stretched to, to breaking point um, with all the recruitment pressures at the moment particularly there with some of the poor quality care that, that we hear about um, you know we, we, we can't delay fixing things like that anymore you know that successive governments have failed to find a permanent solution and fix 
to social care. Mm. And yet that's something that so many older people, but also, you know, younger people with, with different health conditions also rely on. So we, we really are getting to the point where we, where we need these vital services and support fixed properly with a permanent solution rather than the various sticking plasters and sort of kicking the can down the road that we've seen um, for, for a number of years, unfortunately. Mm, I was going to use that expression because I love it because it is absolutely what's happening here, isn't it? Kicking the can down the road. Um, that's just been going. It's very short term uh, interventions that have been put in place that are not sustainable for the long term. As you said, think, fixing things like the social care system, uh, pensions in line with inflation and, and, and so on. Those are the things that are going to really help to sustain uh, a good quality of life later on in life. Absolutely. So we talked about a range of issues that are affecting older people right now, like the cost of living crisis. But one of the long-standing issues that many of us are aware of and don't really know how to help or what to do is loneliness, particularly in older people. And you've teamed up with Dame Esther Ranson, uh, who is the founder and president of the Silver Line. And she founded this charity back in 2013 to support and uplift older people experiencing loneliness and isolation across the UK and the Silver Line Helpline has an, a range of team members that are working hard to give older people the chance to pick up the phone and enjoy a chat and get some support and feel all the wonderful benefits that come from talking from a friend. Tell us a little bit about the Silver Line Helpline, Alistair. Yes, so the, the Silver Line Helpline was established by Dame Esther Ranson um, and it did join AGK as a subsidiary charity in 2019. So the Silver Line Helpline is a 24-7 helpline. It is there any time of the day or night that an older person can call if they're feeling lonely. Um, they can have a friendly listening ear. They can get reassurance and comfort. And if they do need help, um, they can get the some information and signposting, hopefully, to, to where... Um, they can find that. Um, we have more than 200,000 um, calls every year, answered by a mix of, of paid members of staff, but also over 100 volunteers that the volunteer to help answer calls on that line. Um, and it's a really lovely service because what, what many older people tell us is that, you know, if they're struggling to get asleep, they wake up at 3 a.m. They can't call a family member at 3 a.m. They're probably going to be asleep, but they can call us. Um, and they know that there'll be um, a friendly, reassuring voice that, that will listen, that can talk to them about what might be on their mind and, and worrying them. Um, or they can just have a chat about what's been in the news that day, um, which can be, you know, just really positive. I think, as we mentioned earlier, you know, many older people do go an entire week without speaking to anyone. And that's why um, services like the Silverline Helpline are so important. It is also quite different to the Age UK advice line. That's again open 365 days of the year, um, but between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. And that's there to provide information and advice to older people, as well as their friends, families and neighbours on a whole range of topics that might come up in later life, including bereavement, loneliness, health, care issues, how to claim benefits, um, and particularly at the moment, how to keep well and warm in winter. Um, and that's on top of also the, the services that we provide locally. But those are, are two very large um, national services. They're available on the end of a telephone every day of the year. Um, and they're, they're kept very busy, sadly, with, um, you know, both older people themselves and, and concerned friends and relatives calling us um, for help and support on a whole range of different issues. Two national essential helplines there for people, one giving advice, the other giving friendship. And I asked earlier, how can society play a part? But 
actually, one of my questions is what can individuals do to support Age UK and older people in Britain today? I think probably um, the fact that people can help, you know, um, lots of us uh, maybe do have a bit of free time. Um, and there are lots of ways that, that people can sign up to, to volunteer and help Age UK. Mm-hmm. So one of those services we offer is the Telephone Friendship Service. And that's where we match a volunteer with an older person for a regular weekly call. We suggest 20 to 30 minutes a week, but um, some of the calls go on for a lot longer. People have, have lots of common interests. Um, we try to match people um, with some shared interests, but also some other interests that maybe um, they can explore together. Um, and people can sign up um, online through the AGK website for that. People can also volunteer for the Silverline Helpline. That's a bit of a longer commitment. We do ask people to commit to two hours a week to, to help with um, the calls on that. But again, that will give people the chance to speak to a whole range of older people, support them in, in different circumstances with that listening ear. And the great thing about both of those um, opportunities, it's done from home. It's done in your own time. You know, you can schedule it to suit you around um, other commitments, either in work or your personal life. Um, and for people with more time on their hands, there's lots of opportunities to, to volunteer in our local age UKs or in one of our charity shops, um, which are vital for us in terms of raising income for the charity um, to support um, a lot of the services that we run, like the Silverline Helpline, like our advice line, and like the Telephone Friendship Service. Mm, that's lovely. It really is. And if you're listening and you can spare 30 minutes a week to become a friend to an older person, I think that will be 30 minutes well spent every week. So please do go and check out the Age UK website to find out more. And if you are worried about an older person, then you can phone the Age UK advice line, which is 0800 678 1602. More information again on the Age UK website and you can find out more information in our show notes, which are on our website. I just want to finish today's episode by saying that we are all going to get old we will age and actually how we treat our older population is just so important it matters Uh, we will be there ourselves one day so let's treat them with love care and respect 